This was how your day started. Started wrong. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. You've been listening to the sound of my voice. And that's the most important thing we've learned today. And Sherry. She looks well, is friendly with everyone. She has the key to popularity. And now, from the Palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Oh, can I tell everybody how my day started? Because it was super magical. And no, I'm not about to shout my husband out for his fine work. Not at all. So, you know how you get up some days and like the alarm goes off and you're like, yes, I am ready for the day. And other days the alarm goes off and you go, no, I'm going to call in. Yeah, I'm going to call a bob thread into my own house. Well, I stayed up late last night because, you know, I wanted to watch some of the Oscars or whatever. Of course, I fell asleep on the couch and um, came out to the kitchen this morning and something was wrong and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And I, you know. I take Sam out and I give him a dry diaper and I give everybody a cat treat. And I'm looking I'm like, what is that? I thought, is that a, is that a plastic bag on the floor? It was a mountain of sugar on the floor in the kitchen. Oh no. Oh, I don't no. mean, I don't mean like a cup of sugar. Uh, I had just, we had just gone to Costco last week and I bought the Costco size bag of sugar, which should last us until next year. And I don't know what happened, but somehow the bag of sugar got knocked off the shelf that it was on. And when it hit the floor, part of it split and it spent the entire night draining itself out of its paper <laughs> sack. It, it defies the laws of physics and gravity because like once it hit the floor, it should have spilled and that was kind of it, right? But mm-hmm. instead it hit the floor, it spilled And then all night long, those grains of sugar just emptied themselves out. And I'm standing there looking at it and my eyes are all bleary and out of focus and everyone's meowing and barking. And I'm standing there like, the hell is that on the floor? I get down and I poke it because it's not registering that there's like three pounds of sugar on the floor. Do you know what a mess that is? Can you, I want you you to imagine what a mess. Well. I would have cleaned like a dust pan, cleaned it up, and then picked up the sugar a, with it that way. I got a spatula and I start because mm-hmm. I didn't want to just, I didn't know what would happen if I just vacuumed up three pounds of sugar. I felt mm-hmm. pretty sure that something bad would happen, but I'm so tired and it's not even daylight. So I'm scraping the sugar up off the floor. And while I'm scraping the sugar up off the floor, the dog, who he can't help it, he has. He has no brain left and he's blind and he's deaf and he means well. He sees me down on the floor and he's like, oh, I, I love her. He comes in and he walks through the sugar and because he has long, fluffy, furry paws, yeah. those, I can now tell you that if you're looking for a dog whose paws will mop up spilled things and carry them around your house, let's talk about the <laughs> Havanese. It's a very good breed for that. So he traipses off and I look over my shoulder and I'm seeing his sugary paw prints heading toward my bedroom. So I scrape the sugar up off the floor and then I go get the vacuum cleaner and I vacuum what's left and I vacuum Sam's paw prints. Sam, Sam, of course, why bother? He can't hear me. I go find Sam. I clap my hands and he comes toward me and I watch as he leaves a fresh trail of sugary paw prints. And he was, he was sleeping on Kevin's side of the bed, which I have not vacuumed. So at some point, and here's what I'm looking forward to. 
because you have to have you have to have things to look forward to in life or you'll fall into despair folks you have to have something to look forward to so here's now that i've vacuumed up three pounds of sugar and i tried vacuuming the dog's paws but he found that very upsetting the suction of the vacuum they against do. his paw yeah, they so then like i lifted the dog off the ground and i shook him a little bit hoping to rain some more sugar out of him mm-hmm. um, got that cleaned up and i poured like a ton of caffeine down my throat and then i remembered that whatever else happens today i just have probably mm, 15 hours maybe 16 hours before I'll experience the thrill of hearing my husband yelling, no, it's in my bed. What is yeah. it? Who? Ah. So, so the day for me, Monday, will end as it began with somebody yelling profanity at a bag of sugar. It'll start with me. It'll end with him. And in between, the senile dog will just cock his head and, and probably have no clue what it is we're yelling about. So happy Monday, everybody. That's how today kicked off. <laughs> It's, it's the worst when something like that happens early in the day. Uh, I get up before Mary to do the radio show, and usually it's about 30 minutes before we actually go on. And uh, I walk to get my coffee, and there, right there on the, uh, the rug in the hallway as you come through the uh, front door, uh, the cat went. It's a very old cat, and she just went. Yeah. And I am on my hands yeah. and knees with a spray, and it's not even it's not even light outside, and I have started my day greeted by that and spraying it, and I I just came out of my own body and watched myself say on my hands and knees, well, how'd you get yourself into this situation? Hmm? Do you ever ask yourself that? How did you get yourself into this? And there's no answer for it. There's not. When you kids, when you get a kitten or a puppy, you have to understand that someday, if you're very very lucky, they will get old. It's lucky to have your pet get old. That's right. Sam is in. Sam has all the incontinence. My favorite part of my Monday morning was when Kev came in because he heard the vacuum cleaner, and I'm down on the floor vacuuming. He goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm I'm vacuuming up sugar." And he goes, "Don't you have to work?" I I do, Kev, but it's important to have a hobby, okay? Because without a hobby, a person has no joy. So can I have my hobbies? Of course he I have to, to work, but I said to, to myself, I said to myself, hey, that radio show can wait because it fills my heart to vacuum sugar off the floor. The I know, I hear you. Okay, morons in the news is coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Well, you might get mad living here in the United States, if that's where you're listening to us uh, from. You might get mad at a news channel that you don't agree with, and you think, boy, I tell you what, that's not true. That's a big old lie. But, uh, you know, you can always watch another one. That's not the case in Russia. In Russia, it's all controlled by Putin. It's all controlled by the state, everything. And I was just reading about their version of 60 Minutes. Did you know there was a Russian version of 60 Minutes? It doesn't surprise me. Yep, they have their own. And one of their uh, hosts went on their 60-minute broadcast a few days ago and claimed that because England is supporting Ukraine in the war, the English people have been reduced to eating squirrels because of a food shortage. Here's the quote. Today it was revealed that some restaurants in once Great Britain will be serving squirrels. 
In view of the fact that there are plenty of animals in the park, why not eat them? Bearing in mind the food shortage. All of that, of course, is just baloney. It's complete baloney. I'm trying to get in the head of the person who is required to say that. Now, this is a person that is very media savvy because they're one of the hosts of their 60 Minutes. And they are going to say into a microphone looking at a camera that people in England have been reduced to eating squirrels that they capture in the park. It must, it what must part be a of certain that person you, who could. That's state propaganda in Russia. Like, that's the job. That is the job. Yeah, I'm just trying to get my head into it that you go into your job and they give you a script and you know it's BS. But you're reading it anyway with a concerned look on your face. Now, that said, I know that the English are not famous for great food. I don't know what's in a well, shepherd pie, but I don't think I'd like it too much. It seems oh, kind of no, it's, it's vegetables. It's vegetables yeah. and ground beef and mashed potatoes. It's delicious. Now, is it? it's not like light food or no. maybe healthy food. But it's actually really delicious. It's gr- it's ground beef, it's and they ground, put mashed it's potatoes like a stew. with it. A kind oh, yeah. of imagine a stew made with ground beef and carrots and onions and spices, and then you put that in a pan and you cover it with a thick layer of mashed potatoes, and you bake that in the oven for like I don't know an hour, and then you take it out and you cut into it, and the mashed potatoes are a little bit crispy on top and all melty soft underneath. And then you've so got the mashed potatoes are, are on top. There, there's yeah. not like some flour that covers it no, all. No, it's mashed no. potatoes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And by the well, way, there's no squirrel I'm, in there. I personally am not interested in eating squirrel, and right. I'm, I've had rabbit, and I'm not eating rabbit either. But squirrel is a food source in the U.S. of A., and there are a lot of people that hunt and eat squirrels. Kev listens to some crazy podcast where you know they'll go out. It's a, actually a really good show. They'll go out and catch, hunt them down and mess of squirrels and skin them up and make a stew. And they say it's delicious. So not only was that Russian propaganda, but it was really offensive to people that do eat squirrel and would care to not be judged for it. Has your husband ever eaten squirrel? Because I, w- I went to, I had a girlfriend and her brother was uh, a big outdoorsman and he wanted you to know that he was a big outdoorsman. And I went over to his house with her to meet him. And he took one look at me and summed me up very quickly. This is not a big outdoorsman. And he said, can you smell what's on the uh, stove? And I went, yeah, I can smell something. I don't know what that is. Well, I want you to join me for some lunch in a little while. I got some squirrel that I shot yesterday uh, in, a, in a stew pot in there. And I am a very codependent person, and I really wanted to him to like me because I was interested in dating this girl. But at that moment I said, and these are my exact words. I just can't. I just, just can't. You know that it's, it's supposed to be, I've mm. never had squirrel. Kevin has never had squirrel. He would eat it. Um, but I'm not going to cook it can't. for him. Now, now last week or the week before, I think it was the week before last. When was my last book club? Anyway, I had goat. It was delicious. I had like curried goat. At the house of the lady that was hosting I've had that. that night. Yeah. I mean, I, that yeah, was I've good. I've had that. And I, I love squirrel, me. Squirrel, I looked, at, I looked at his stew. I looked in, in the pot and it was kind of a gray <sighs> cauldron of bubbles and just, I'm not eating it. I says, I um, just if, can't. 
If you ever watch Stephen Rinella's Meat Eater show, I think it's on Netflix, but I can't remember which platform because there are freaking a million of them. Um, I watched an episode of uh, Meat Eaters where they were scanning squirrels. Now, the, my issue with squirrels and why I'm not going to cook them for my uh, husband, who would probably enjoy eating them, man, you got to have a lot of squirrels to feed a family. I would think, yeah. They don't and, look plump. No. And can I can I tell you what they look like after you skin them? And really mm. talented hunters can unzip that skin in one go. Like that whole squirrel mm-hmm. gets skinned in one go. I'll tell you what they look like after they're skinned. They look like squirrels. <laughs> so for mm. me, that's kind of mm. an issue. Like a mm. chicken breast doesn't look like a chicken, y'all. It got no beak. It doesn't have any little feet. But a right. skinned squirrel looks like a squirrel without its Good clothes to know. on. Good to yeah. know. Yeah. Just FYI, so anyway, if you ever that's, uh, find yourself. That's what's going on in uh, Mother Russia these days. All right, straight ahead. We got morons in the news, and this is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry. You see, that's all I could come up with because I'm an idiot with morons in the news. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you'll find someone who is haranguing another person's choice of lifestyle, and then they get busted for having even a crazier lifestyle, and the whole thing is just a cover? Like a TV preacher saying... People are spending too much money on things that are not of God's will. And then you find out he's living in a 17,000 square foot house with three swimming pools. That is kind of what this story is. A man whose name is Charles Sutherland faces at least seven charges. And I'll tell you what they are in just a moment. He was arrested for spray painting the word groomer on the front door of the Greenbelt Library during Capital Pride Week. He faced vandalism and hate crime charges, and he was arrested. So the police, when they arrested him, said, we're going to have to find uh, out what's going on in your house. We're going to have to uh, search your house. And he said, oh, okay. And during the search, the officers found numerous children's dolls, a child-sized doll in Sutherland's bed. He has no children or nieces. And guess what they found on his laptop? A cache of child pornography. So the man that was just so concerned about Pride Week that he spray painted on the library is himself a criminal. And he is in jail awaiting sentencing. You know what would be fun is if this didn't happen all the time. If this was a one-off instead of standard operating procedure in the world Mm -hmm. that we live in. Hmm. Let's go to today's moron of the day, man. If you live in Arizona, you are going to be paying some close attention to how tightly your house is locked up. Woman comes home and there on her dog's bed in San Miguel, Arizona, is a bobcat sleeping (laughs) On the dog's bed. Oh, my goodness. Cuddling on the dog's blanket. The homeowner who walked into her home after a long day at work to find a bobcat on the dog's bed said, we think it got in through the doggy door. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Yeah. we had one once that was direct access to outside, and I always worried about that. What did the bobcat do? Does the story say? Well, the bobcat was as surprised by the homeowner 
as the homeowner was by the bobcat, the bobcat managed to escape through the doggy door before Arizona fishing game uh, officers were able to get there. Mm-hmm. Nobody was hurt. The dog wasn't hurt. The dog is never going to be right. No. You know, the dog's home alone all day with the TV <laughs> on while mom's at work. Right, right. And then the then the dog looks up and there's a giant freaking bobcat on its bed. And the dog's like, yeah, you can have it. I'll take the couch. Make yourself at home. The dog was cowering, right? I have no idea what kind of dog it was. But the sight of this bobcat on this dog's bed is so fun. I can't wait for you to see it. We're going to post it up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Wouldn't you, thing, like, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you be tempted if you saw the bobcat lying there, just dozing off a little bit, looking up at you maybe, on the dog's bed, wouldn't you be tempted to go over and see if you could be friendly to it and maybe even pet it? Well, the homeowner whipped out her cell phone, and I yeah. thank her on behalf of all of us for these pictures because uh-huh. you've just never seen a bobcat having a yeah. little nap on a dog bed. <laughs> Yeah, it would be hard for me as an animal lover. So here's yeah. the thing. If you have a pet door, you got to think about that. Because in most places, whether it's a skunk or a possum or the neighbor's cat, an animal will come through your pet door. It's right. only when you live in Florida where the alligators knock on the door before attacking you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In other places, they just go ahead and let themselves in. So that is Morons in the News straight ahead. A Spanish court has put a dollar figure on the cost of housework. And this man is being made to pay up to his ex-wife for all those hours of labor. Brace yourself for the price. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stuff. Witches. Serial killers. And Paul Revere all team up in a story of why a very standard kind of courtroom evidence that could help condemn you to prison might actually be total garbage. True. Weird. Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. This happened in a court in Spain. It was a divorce hearing. The couple had been married for 25 years, a couple of daughters, and the woman, Ivana, had stayed home taking care of the family and working from the home as a homemaker for that entire time. And so when they got divorced, um, there was a real issue with finances. He had like his work pension and all of that, and she didn't have anything and he didn't want her to have anything. So the Spanish court said, hmm, let's take a look at what the value of 25 years of unpaid housework might be. And we're not going to be crazy. We're going to offer minimum wage for that 25 years of unpaid housework. And they came up with a number. And this man is now required to pay his wife in U.S. dollars. Can I guess? You're going to give us the total that that, uh, he owes or yearly what he has to pay? The total. The The total? total. Well, you you leaked it out. $214,000? $214,200. Plus, he has to provide a monthly pension to oh. both she and the two daughters for the rest of their lives. He's ticked about it. I bet he is, the di- yeah. The divorce settlement was made public because the judge said, 
I'm sorry, but you cannot say that everything this woman did for 25 years has no value. No, no. I'm surprised that it's not more. I, I don't know how much money this guy has, but I'm surprised after 25 years, $214,000. Now, it I, depends on, on the monthly I told payment. You, I told you that they gave her minimum wage for the right. housework. That's what how I'm they came is, up with that number. It's, it's not enough is what I'm saying. For that amount of oh, time. No. Oh I no! Wonder, I wonder what you, does it does it say how much she gets uh, yearly on the monthly pension? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that number wasn't released. But uh-huh. not only was she completely shut out, completely shut out of 25 years of marriage, um, they, she lost everything, including like access to health insurance. And the judge said, "No, not on my watch. This He's is right. not going to happen." Super, yeah. super. Did. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I do believe it was a female judge, which might be why this was taken as seriously as it was, because as women, we know that we work all day and then we come home and we work again all night. And for this woman who worked tirelessly for 25 years to get nothing. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's wrong. Judge Laura Ruiz Alaminos banged that gavel down and said, you're paying up, sir. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time to kick off the week with Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Jennifer O'Brien. And so we did. We went to Six Flags over Georgia. That's where I'm from. Thank you. Applaud now. Okay. All right. And uh, so we're really excited. And we started just walking around the theme park. And after we were there for a while, I'm like, man, this place is kind of dirty. Super dirty there, yeah. And then uh, we were there for even longer. I realized their main employees are teenagers. Yeah. I'm like, well, that makes sense, right? These guys can't keep their rooms clean. Let's put them in charge of an entire theme park. See how that plays out. <laughs> not good. It's not good. It's it's really bad. Um, I'm scared. But I have an idea for Six Flags to fix the problem. I think they should get a king size mattress and just put it in the middle of the theme park and let all the teenagers just kick the trash under there. You know what I mean? I used to clean my room as a teen and just keep kicking it under until you can't kick no more. (laughs) Oh boy, so, but it was quite interesting. I noticed when we were there, they have a thing called fast passes now. You know, all the theme parks have them. And if you don't know what a fast pass is, basically you pay money to get in the theme park, then you pay additional money, and you basically get to cut everybody in line all day long. <laughs> it's a rich bully's dream come true. Wow. I noticed there was a lot of tension, though, between the fast passers and the non-fast passers at Six Flags. There was, yeah. It's like a bit of a Bloods and Crips situation. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit intense. A lot of fights breaking out, fanny packs just flying. <laughs> it's a little bit scary. And it was kind of interesting. I, the way Six Flags did it is you'd be right about to get on the roller coaster, and six, uh, the fast pass people would come from an opposite direction and just take your seat right in front of you. Yeah. So you just watch them take your seat. And my daughter is like, what are they doing? I'm like, well, sweetie, they, uh, they pay money to the right people. <laughs> okay. So they're just going to keep doing this all day long. So we're just going to stand here and stare at them and judge them silently in our hearts. Because <laughs> that's what we did all day long. Yeah, we were just... 
We were just having a real good time judging those fast, fast people. Yeah, and um, it was really funny. Uh, on this one ride, this young girl, every time the fast, fast people would come and take our seats, she'd make this announcement. She's like, I do apologize if your seat's been taken. You will be accommodated on the very next ride. I do apologize. Yeah, just like that. Ooh. Wow. I was like, listen, Six Flags, why don't you just hire a professional, right? Pre-record a message so we can save that poor girl and those vocal cords, because I'm no talent scout, but I'm pretty sure she's going far, you know, with that level of enthusiasm. Yeah, and I'd be happy to record that message for Six Flags. I, I would. I think it goes something like this. Welcome to Six Flags, where cash is king. We apologize that you can't afford fast passes due to your poor financial life choices. You and your needy family will be accommodated on the very next ride. Have a nice day, if you can afford it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see it. Just waiting for that call. Scary though, you'd be right about to get on a roller coaster and go 200 feet in the air, and you look over and you're like, Oh, great, the teens are running the rides of the roller coasters, they're in charge. I'm like, Can we just let the teenagers do, do what they do best around here and you know, not clean up? You know, but it's really scary because everyone's like, Woo, rock and roll, hoochie coo. Like, nobody seemed concerned that our fate rested in the hands of the teens. I'm like, can we get some woke culture up in here? I need somebody to be outraged by this. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I know our family can't afford fast passes, but we'll figure out a way to buy an adult pass. Yeah. <laughs> adult passes, when we show up, we get an adult up in here to supervise the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I just need someone who can sign their name in cursive. You know, that's all I'm asking. Jennifer O'Brien. Apologies to Six Flags. <laughs> we'll get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. A few days ago, we were talking on the show about this Canadian research organization that has started to develop a pill that can erase bad memories. So if you had trauma, if you had depression, uh, addictions, it can help to erase those memories. And I cannot stop thinking about what memories I would erase. And I go back to the same place time after time, and I'm just struggling with whether or not I would take the pill for this. And that time is middle school. I just couldn't, I've talked about it before. You both, you and I have talked about it before on the air to get rid of those memories of middle school. And I'm going to use middle school as sixth grade through ninth grade, right? Mm -hmm. I can remember in the winter getting picked up on the school bus and I lived out in the country. So no friends. I get on the school bus and walk to the back of the bus and those plastic seats were as cold as could be and I was heading in to go to school and I'm unprepared because there's chaos at home and because I'm a bad kid and I know there's going to be a test in at pre-algebra or something 
and we're riding in and it's freezing gray outside going down these country roads and i remember specifically there was a female bus driver and she always had on this radio station that played either adult songs or songs that were like oldies and she had a little radio up there with her and whatever she wanted to listen to we had to listen to so it's gray out it's cold out i never had breakfast this morning and i'm listening to this on the radio all alone am i ever since your goodbye all alone with just the beat of my heart i am so bummed out i am absolutely so bummed out cuz i'm one of those people that needs sunshine and i'm saying to myself would i drop the pill to get rid of that whole period in my life and you know what because of what you and i do for a living i would have to say no because looking back on it it's hysterical it's so funny that i'm in that situation and i know what's coming up and there's nothing i could do about it now things worked out okay right i didn't find a job where i had to do algebra So I don't think I would take the pill. I think I'd stay with those miserable memories of that era. I don't there like I said, I think there are things that it would be better if a person could be freed of it. But yeah. I don't think that like your everyday life experience of cringy difficult memories like middle school, if you take those away, How are you any different from a parrot or a cat? You learn nothing from your past, right? Yeah. You just live in this eternal now. You bad experiences or hard experiences like inspire us to make changes. Hopefully, hopefully. The only thing, yeah, but I I hear what you're saying. But the only thing that inspired me was to get the hell out. You know, well, to leave, but, to get out as soon as I could, which is which is what I did. What was I really learning from that misery? It was I was well. I was making some mistakes for not having studied harder, but beyond that, you know, it was just my circumstance. Don't we all know people that were miserable in their circumstances and didn't use that to inspire them to get out and and yeah, do better true. for themselves? You're, that's that's very true. Yeah, that's very like, true. I think if you were someone who survived a horrific plane crash, and that happens, like sometimes a plane will go down and one person somehow makes it through, I bet that's a memory you could do without, right? Yeah. Right. Whereas the rooster bangs that you gave yourself for three straight years in high school, girl, you need to learn from that bitter experience so that you never do it again. <laughs> There are things that you have to keep. Yeah, isn't it amazing that I remember that old song? After I've never heard these, that song before. After all these all these years, I can remember that song, that cold seat, and what was you know coming my way at school. Ooh, that but look at your out. look at look at your life now, and maybe you'd still be sitting on a cold plastic seat listening to lonely songs if that right. hadn't motivated you right yeah maybe maybe yeah because i didn't want any part of that you may be right on that 
It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It is time now for the Bob and Sherry show business version of Small Plates, stories that you may have missed. And let's start out talking about a really sweet television show, uh, Ted Lasso. Jason Sudeikis, who is the star, he put the whole thing together, uh, talks about possible spinoffs and so on. If you were hoping that Ted Lasso would last forever, that will not happen. He says, I'm going to get blunt about this. This is the end of this story that we wanted to tell, that we were hoping to tell, that we all love to tell. It is coming to an end. We don't need any more. We got it. I kind of admire that. I kind of admire saying, an artist saying, we got it done. The story's been told. We're going to move along to something else. Just remember it as it is. We're not going to try to make any money off of that. So that's a good show. You can still see it, of course, and uh, I recommend it. This is interesting, and I think this is going to be a big tour. Lionel Richie has just announced he's going to be going on tour this summer with a group that he has always wanted to tour with, and here they are. I get it. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Now, I forget the name of the guy who was the leader of Earth, Wind, and Fire. We lost him. But I think that Lionel Richie... Thank you. Uh, Lionel Richie can step in and join Earth, Wind, and Fire. I don't know if they're going to play together. I think they should. Couldn't you Couldn't you hear Lionel Richie singing this song with Earth, Wind, and Fire? Yeah, and I completely get the appeal of that for a musician. To tour with Earth, Wind, and Fire? Yeah, that's going to be a great show. And he's, you know, he's still as hot as a firecracker. You know, with the appearances on TV and everything, uh, with American Idol. Uh, Our next story in Small Plates, this is interesting. Cameron Diaz is being very honest about supporting Drew Barrymore through her alcohol addiction. Addiction. Um, In the LA Times the other day, she was profiled and she said, I knew that if we all stuck with her, and gave her the support she needed, she would find her way. And she added, you can't even comprehend how hard it was for her to be a child. And then she shot out the other end with the ability to save herself. And you know, she is exactly right. I don't know either one of them, but Drew Barrymore had an addiction to alcohol when she was what, 11 years old, something like that. And then became not only a child star, but then started progressing with her career and everything and the pressures that go with it. And today you you turn around the TV and she's the most normal thing in the world and looks like she's never had a problem in her life. Now, I'm sure she still struggles and, you know, she's saying that she doesn't want to date anybody right now and on and on. But uh, she was one of those lovable actresses and characters that you're just so glad came out, as she said, the other end. Johnny Depp is selling some portraits he painted in a London gallery. He's selling prints of a collection, uh, and it's a four-piece collection titled Friends and Heroes 2. It's available if you've got an extra $21,000. The portraits are of Heath Ledger, Bob Marley, River Phoenix, and Hunter S. Thompson. That's quite a quartet. 
Uh, he released a collection of portraits last year that included Keith Richards, Al Pacino, Elizabeth Taylor, and Bob Dylan. You can get one of those three prints for $5,400 each. It sounds like the wine cellar is running thin, and he wants to uh, replenish it. <laughs> I'm, I'm always surprised at some of these performers who are e either great musicians or great actors, but they also, like, say they're a musician, they're also really good at acting, and they're good at painting. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. You get some characters that are just talented people that can do it all. I guess he's one of them. Um, you know, it's interesting how he's kind of fallen off the map since the whole case was resolved. Like, when yeah. was the last time, until this, when was the last time he or Amber Heard showed up in your news feed? Yeah, but when you look at the whole thing, don't you feel that he landed on his feet and she did not? Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Could I mean, you not see him as the as a uh, star of a movie? I don't know if he's a leading man anymore, but could you could you not see him as the major star in a major motion picture now? With with people having no problem with that at all? Um, completely. I think that the public forgave Johnny before he needed forgiving. Yeah, he was that kind of a celebrity, yeah. and you know maybe he's not gonna you know be Captain Jack Sparrow again, but he's not done. He's not done yeah. by a long shot. She probably is. She may be. He's not. And that's it. The celebrity version of Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. This is Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast. A shareable taste of the show. At our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. Some of the Murdoch jurors have spoken to press about what it was that led them to find him guilty and so fast. A lot mm -hmm. of the jurors agreed that it was the Snapchat video that had Alex mm -hmm. Murdoch's voice on it that Paul Murdoch had minutes before the estimated time of the brutal murder. Yeah. Um, and, and because other he jurors, said he said he wasn't there. And then yeah. as soon as they heard his voice, you know, within minutes of the murders occurring, that was a complete lie. He was he was outed as a real he was lying to the jury, not just to his partners. One of the jurors, Craig Moyer, said the dog kennel video, the Snapchat, it happened right before they were phoneless. Um, there were no, there was no activity on their phones right afterward. And mm -hmm. there was Alex. He was there. They, you heard his voice and he admitted that was his voice. Mm -hmm. Three distinctive voices could be heard on that Snapchat video. Paul, Maggie and Alex Murdoch, 8.44 p.m. And then, of course, you know, Murdoch waited till 10.07 p.m. that night to call 911. Another juror said, look, when, when he took the stand, his testimony just showed his guilt. Yeah. He had no tears. Um, he admitted that he was there at the dog kennel a year and a half later after lying. Another juror, Gwen Jenneret, said it probably would have been a hung jury if not for that Snapchat video. That kennel video just sealed the deal. And that juror also agreed with the first juror that the crying in court was insincere. He would just turn it on, turn it off. Third juror, James McDowell, said he lied and then the kennel video, and then he admitted it, and it was the time of the killing. So one juror after another just said that video, that was the piece of evidence. Meanwhile, Murdoch's attorney said, we had to put him on the stand. We had nothing else to work with but him testifying in his own defense. And in case you're wondering, oh yeah, 
The Murdoch defense is going to appeal the conviction for what that's worth. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. Here in the Bob and Sherry show, we would love to hear your thoughts and your voice. Just go to 844-52-SHERRY, leave a message, or go to the Bob and Sherry app. Wherever you get your apps, hit the little microphone and let us know what's on your mind like this person. Hi, this message is for Bob. Bob, I just wanted to say that you were 100% right about that Netflix movie, Your Place or Mine. Now, I'm a fan of rom-coms. They're easy to watch. They're a comfort. I know what to expect from them. But this movie, oh, gag me. It was absolute garbage. And to tell you the truth, I didn't even watch the entire movie. I tried on three different occasions, but I just couldn't do it. It was torture. I found myself rolling my eyes while watching this. And what's going on, Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher? I've seen you in other movies. I know you can act. I felt like the cast were all on muscle relaxers or something. They just kind of breezed through their lines with little or no believable enthusiasm. Anyways, love you guys. Yeah, that movie was just to make some money for those actors. They're smart enough to know after looking at the script that it was garbage. And by the way, you didn't see the end of it, but here's here's a shocker for you. It sort of uh, climaxes at an airport, oh, and it's a rom-com. Okay. It's terrible. It's okay, worst thing I've seen in a while. Yeah, next. Here's, here's another. Hey, guys. This is Annie from Forsyth, Georgia. Um, I'm calling really for Sherry and Max today for the odd cast that I just listened to. Um, it was from uh, yesterday, I believe. And um, Sherry was talking about her uh, awful fear of um, roaches and palmetto bugs. And uh, Sherry, we're like sisters from another mister. <laughs> There's so much we have in common. I don't know you, of course, but... I, all the time I'm listening to you guys is all your podcasts, and I think, oh my gosh, that's another thing Sherry and I have in common. But anyway, um, I am terrified of them as well, and this is why. When I was growing up, I was about nine or ten years old when we moved into a rental house because my parents got divorced, and so it was my mom and I. And it was an old house, and um, she doesn't remember as vividly as me, but I do. So it had those bugs, and if you turned the lights on at night in the kitchen, they scattered everywhere, and oh, it was so gross. So the kicker was that one night I um, went to take a sip of drink that was beside my bed and one partially went into my mouth. I could feel its legs moving. It was awful. And <laughs> since then, I have been terrified. Luckily, I have two cats that will tear them up if they come inside because in Georgia, they do fly in from time to time. That house was also cool because it had a um, fallout shelter down below in the creepy, creepy basement. And um, it had like a concrete room with... Um, a toilet and a bed and shelving, all that for like nuclear war. It was pretty cool to take friends down there and show that that off because it was truly creepy and weird. Um, so I um, loved taking people down there until bats flew at me one time when I went down there. And then after that, I sort of had a little fear of bats. Not as bad as cockroaches or palmetto bugs, but still. <laughs> Anyway, I love you guys. I just wanted to share that story. And um, I really enjoy listening to all your podcasts. Have a great night. She needs to move wow. to the Arctic. She needs to move to the Arctic because Georgia is just <laughs> not doing it for her. Wow. 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 Um, the fallout shelter. How cool would that be to live in a house with yeah. a fallout shelter? Yeah, I know. I wonder how big those fallout shelters were when they were built back in the, what was that, the 1950s? I mean, were they I, like one tiny room, do you think? Or 
something bigger? Uh, it depends. There's no one answer to that. I'm borderline obsessed with fallout shelters, which probably surprises, you know, no one. Um, some of them were big enough for uh, like 10 people with like bunk beds racked into the walls. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen fallout shelters that that were about the size of a school bus from end to end, you know, wide and long. But mm-hmm. the, the the space is um, so efficiently designed that you can get a whole family down there. Now, those of us that weathered um, homeschool and COVID lockdowns now understand that we can't live underground in something the size of a school bus with our loved ones <laughs> because we barely survived living in an actual house where we could go outside with our that loved That is ones. so true. Yeah, that's very true. That's right. I was, I, uh, Karamia and I went and um, we, we went to, we were walking downtown where she goes to school and there was this funky old building that had been around for a hundred years and it had a little coffee shop that had opened up inside. So we went in to get, you know, to overpay for a latte. And in that building, we were walking around the ground floor of that building was an old fallout shelter that has been preserved like a time capsule. But no because kidding. it was for a big public building with lots of businesses, mm-hmm. it's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huge. Were, were there beds? Were, were there chairs, tables, that sort of thing? Yeah. And here's the thing. If you don't want to be locked up in something the size of a school bus with your family after nuclear attack, I want you to imagine heading for your workplace fallout shelter and spending the apocalypse with Dwayne from engineering. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> a whole oh, I can think of a nightmare. Nope. No, thanks. All right, coming up, we've got a round of true crime time. Alex Murdoch found guilty. He's in prison now. Wait till you hear what's happening to him there. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. If you really have a hard job, I know it's difficult to believe, but there are people out there who somehow have landed a gig where a good portion of the day, they have nothing really better to do but look at their phone or a computer or stare out the window. They've done the work. It's finished. There's no busy work to do, and they want to hang on to the gig. So what do you do if you're in a situation like this? These people that I came upon have posted how they get away with doing nothing for periods, sometimes hours, at the job. And here's here's the first one. I just look frustrated with whatever I'm doing. I squint at my computer screen. I shake my head. I let out an occasional sigh, and I have a bunch of papers on my desk I can rifle through periodically. I can see how that works. If you're sitting there in front of the computer screen, and nobody can see the screen, but they're walking by you, right? Maybe the boss's corner office is down the hall. Here he comes. All you have to do is this. (sighs) You just have to do that, and it looks like something's going on. This person says, I'm a cleaner slash janitor in a warehouse complex. I just grab a broom or a bucket. All my work is done. I get the broom or a bucket, and I walk laps around the warehouse and everybody thinks that I'm actually, you know, working because I got a broom in my hand. This per- person says, if you work in a big enough building, you just put something important looking in one hand, like papers, a clipboard, something like that, and scurry intensely from one random place to the next, make friends in different areas, stop to chat briefly, 
Find the good, clean, remote restroom and use it. Grab a cup of coffee. Help somebody else with work that's more interesting than yours. uh, Rinse and repeat. And that's what she does for a good part of the day. Have, Have we ever worked with anyone who was doing that that you noticed was I had doing a, that at work? I had a one of my TV jobs. We were mm-hmm. really busy during sweeps, ratings periods, right? And we would mm-hmm. work seven days a week, 20 hours a day during sweeps. And then we would have weeks where we did nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I go to my boss and I'm like, I, I don't have anything to do. And he said, yeah, keep that. Mum's the word. Um, you have to show up. You got you to be here. And we all had like little offices so this was pre like cube farm. Um, we all had little offices. He's like, you got to show up, you know, you got to be in the building just, you know, maybe find something to do. So I taught myself Microsoft Excel <laughs> for a couple of weeks. I mean, I, I literally would sit at my computer, like, you know, I created a family newsletter and learned and taught myself desktop publishing. I would go for two hour lunches. Like I did nothing. And then when we were busy, it was relentless and a beating and then nothing again. We so I know a, what it's like to kill time. I, I think because of computers, people can kill time a lot more easily than say this was the 1960s. Because back then you had to stay with the shuffling of the paper routine or walking hurriedly down the hall, shaking your head and looking anxious. But with a computer, you could pull up like an Excel uh, spreadsheet and then you could pull up a, a window in the corner and play a game. And if somebody, you know, walks by and you're worried about it, just get rid of the game. And you've got the spreadsheet right there. I think it's a lot easier with computers. The classic, though, really is looking real with a furred brow, looking really concerned and walking down the hall. There's nothing that beats that. I know somebody who has a remote job. The job, it was when she was hired, it was 100% remote. For now and forever, it's always going to be remote and it runs in cycles where you're super busy and then there's really not much to do, super busy, not much to do. But all of the remote workers for this company are monitored, their their keystrokes are monitored. So she's like, but when I have nothing to do, like she's just banging on her keyboard like a monkey. One of her coworkers sent her a link to this thing you can buy on Amazon that mm-hmm. randomizes your keystrokes so that if the keystroke monitor looks at you, it looks like you're working. No kidding. But you can be taking a nap on the couch. So you just download that and it, and it does it It's a device. You. No, no. It's a device that you it's buy. It's an actual device. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. If there's one thing that human beings are good at, <laughs> you it's give a us a rule <laughs> and we'll find a way to break it. That is yeah. the heart and soul of innovation. Is finding yeah. a way to break a stupid rule. Well, if that's you. If, if that's if that's your situation, good luck today. Remember, look concerned. It's Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. Shit. I cannot believe this. All right, let's do a little true crime time here, since we were talking about Alec Murdoch's jurors coming forward and revealing why the jury came to a guilty verdict so quickly. And spoiler alert, that Snapchat video on Paul Paul's phone sealed the deal. So for every parent out there that is so tired of their kids in social media, that you just best know that your kid's social media can send you away for life. 
to the Kirkland Prison in Columbia, South Carolina, where Alec Murdoch is now housed in a single occupant cell. I don't know if anybody has seen his mugshot. If you I thought did, he yeah. looked, if you thought he looked like a shifty poached shrimp on the witness stand, <laughs> wait till you get a wait till you get a load of a man with his head shaved. Hint: It didn't help things. He looks like an ab. He looks terrifying in his well. He, he looks he looks terrifying, but did you notice he's got a smirk on his face? I think that's his face. Yeah, I think that's his natural. Oh, he was face. born with that. Okay, scary. I, I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was interesting that he evidently contacted his son Buster. Said and he said, uh, "I've already spent a little more than I wanted to in the commissary here." Can you refill, please, my uh, my account? Can you put some money in? And you wonder, it's only been a few days. Is he running a scam in there already to get drugs or whatever? Because you can get drugs inside a prison. You just kind of wonder, why have you spent that? I think it was 75 bucks already. I will tell you that when my father was in prison, he bled mm-hmm. us all dry because he wouldn't eat the prison food. And mm-hmm. so he ran up huge commissary tabs on Rice Krispie Treats and Instant Ramen. So I don't know what Alec Murdoch's up to, but I'm here to tell you that if you're a picky eater, you best not break the law because you're right. not going to do well in a corrections institute. <laughs> you're just is, not. Is that normal that they shave your head like you're going into the military when you go into a prison? I think it must depend my father didn't get his prison. head shaved, but he I think didn't. it must depend no. on the prison. Yeah. So Kirkland, mm-hmm. where Murdoch is being held, has a long, long and troubled history of um, failing to provide adequate security, failing to supervise the inmates, failing um, in terms of like overcrowding. There's also the Gilliam Psychiatric Hospital on the same campus. The history of Kirkland as a prison is one of scandal upon scandal upon scandal. Back in Mm. January 2017, between January 2017 and April 2018, more than 100 corrections officers were fired from South Carolina prisons, including a bunch at Kirkland. One Kirkland officer was arrested after being accused of opening cell doors and allowing the inmates to brawl. That officer would act like a referee. During the, during the boxing matches, which was outlined in the charges against him when he was fired. Another corrections officer, a female, was fired after she assaulted an inmate, punching the prisoner in the face with her fist. Two other Kirkland um, corrections officers got in trouble off-duty. One was fired after driving on a suspended license in an uninsured car. One was charged with having marijuana. Another was terminated after failing a drug test. A lieutenant at Kirkland got demoted with a a pay cut after he admitted to the warden at Kirkland that, yeah, he he hooked up with another employee at the prison's Christmas party while he was liquored up, but good. This sounds like a wild environment. So Murdoch... Murdoch, I will remind you, is serving not one but two consecutive life sentences. He will never again see the light of day. Um, prison officials at Kirkland are not responding to requests about is he being segregated from the rest, from what they call the gen pop, general population in the prison? Is he being guarded as a high-profile 
inmate. Uh, before anything is going to be clear, he's going to spend the next 60 days being evaluated. And at the end of those 60 days, it'll be decided where he spends the rest of his life behind bars. So, he so it's may not, not that remain. prison. That prison is just a stepping stone, I guess. He may, well, he may remain there because, mm-hmm. it, you know, that's where the worst of the worst are housed. And he's considered by his conviction to be the worst of the worst. He was found guilty on all counts for the murders of his wife and son. Um, so it's unclear yet where he's going to end up. But it's a long way from the hunting estate, the country club, the boats, and the extreme cocoon of wealth and privilege. That would that not just drive you life. mad? Would you not? Would you not be driven mad? You know, if the lights are out. You still hear all those prison sounds, and you just say, "I used to drive a Mercedes Benz out to my hunting lodge. I used to have a beach house. I had respect. I could eat any kind of food I wanted, and that will never happen again." Oh God! That's now a tough well, way you're begging, to finish your life. You're begging your kid to put money in your account so you can have ramen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or drugs. It's a. Or drugs. It is a long way to fall. A long way to fall. And that, kids, is why we don't kill other people. Because when we get caught, the consequences are just so grim. It's a good lesson. Stay it's right Bob there. Straight ahead. Stay right there. Straight ahead. I have a description of my daughter's cat that just cracks me up, and I think you're going to think it's funny, too. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. My daughter, Allie, has a cat. The cat's name is Yanni, and I don't know what kind of a cat it is, but it's uh, a purebred cat, and it's exotic. The two of them saved up for a while to get Yanni. Yanni's face, you might know the kind of cat it is, Sherry. His face is flat. It's looks like, like a Persian. In. He does look like a Persian. Maybe he is. He's got this button nose that's flat. He's got a very luxurious mustache coming out of that nose. He's gray and white, and he has eyes that look at you like you are garbage. He just looks at you and judges you. And she sent me a picture of Yanni, and she said... Tim thinks Yanni looks like he's in the middle of the night shift and he just finished his cigarette break. That is exactly <laughs> the way he looks. And I, I laughed at that and I, I started to think, do you remember in the old station when smoking uh, was banned and then people who were smokers had to have cigarette breaks to go out and smoke by the dumpster of one one door or another of the building are so cigarette sad. are cigarette breaks something that people are still able to uh, get away with there's no other way to put it to just get up from working everybody else who doesn't smoke stays there but you've you know you've got this addiction you're a smoker you got to go outside I'm not busting on smokers I'm just wondering I, I I don't see very many people smoking anymore I wonder if you could just get away with a smoke break these days not a lunch break not a snack break or anything but a smoke break i you know i don't it's a good question i don't know i don't see that many people doing it either now vaping vaping is everywhere i think you can i think you're allowed to vape 
in between pushing if you're in labor. I think you're just allowed to vape anyway. And I don't know about smoking. Yeah, yeah. It's so true, though, man. The faces, and, and I'm an ex-smoker. I mean, it was a, a million years ago. And you do feel terrible when you're lighting up in a place where, you know, they're, they're non-smokers and they're giving you the evil eye. But I can just remember going out the back door to leave for the day and there'd be a couple of people, same people, over by the dumpster. And I just look over and they won't make eye contact with you. I'll tell you what, if you're still smoking, we're going to say a little prayer for you that you can, you can drop it. It's a terrible, terrible habit and a tough one to get rid of. It's Bob and Sherry. BuzzFeed had a thing the other day, and it was myths that people believe are true, despite the fact that they are actually very, very false. And some of them I recall as a kid and a young person. And here's the first one. Black belts have to register their fists as weapons. That is not true. They do (laughs) not have to do that. I heard that as a kid. Oh, he's a black belt. He's got to register his fist. Oh, really? Oh, wow. He's dangerous. Uh, The second one, there are still people who believe that getting frisky in a certain position can influence the sex of your unborn child. No. No. Who believes that? No, that is not true. That sounds like a scam some guy is pulling, doesn't it? You have to wait 48 hours to report somebody missing. There, yeah, there is no time true. limit. Yeah, that's not certainly not true anymore. You could do it right away, can't you? It used to you? be true. Yeah. It used to be true? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Humans only use 10% of their brain. I heard that years Lies. and years and years, and that is completely untrue. That is not true. You shouldn't flash your lights at a car that have their headlights off because it's actually a gang initiation right. Oh, this is an old one. This is this That's is, an old one. This is totally made old. Up. Yeah, totally totally made up. Anything about MSG? I battle with my health conscious wife about this often. You know, we were told that MSG was just the worst thing in the world and I'm not saying it's it's the best, but um, it's a cornerstone of Chinese food and it's actually not that bad for you according to articles that I've read of recent. Shaving makes your hair grow back thicker. No. No. No, that is not true. Halloween candy is commonly laced with drugs or razor blades. No, no, no. Do you know that that razor blade thing in an apple was a a big, big thing, Sherry, when you and I were first started? And I think I read last Halloween that there's never been a case of that in any hospital in the United States, it was all just in people's it's, minds. Yeah, and it and you know what? It scares people and it whips people into a frenzy. We're just nuts. We're just nuts yeah. as a species. Uh, blood is blue before it leaves your body and comes in contact with oxygen. That is not true. That is not true. Eating carrots helps you see in the dark. You know where that came from. It came from World War II, didn't it? Yeah, so the British did, they had radar, but the Germans didn't realize they had the radar. And uh, so that what they did is they said, yeah, they're eating carrots. That's why we're doing so well. So it was just a, it was a thing they floated. It was and, a ploy and, and they bought it, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. And, the, and then somehow it floated around to the rest of the military and the GIs brought it back. Lightning never strikes the same place twice. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Fish only have a five-second memory. That is not true. Um, some fish are fed automatically on a timer, and they know when dinner time is better than uh, your cat in some cases. 
That's all I need is another living thing looking at me and then looking at the clock and then looking at me. No. (laughs) That's so true. And finally, detox drinks work. They do not. They do Uh, not. Oh, you mean for a hangover? For a hangover. Or like. Or detox teas or whatever. That's, like yeah. Of, yeah. Only yeah. time can get it out of your system. Time is about Coffee the only thing. Coffee doesn't do it. No, no, it no, does no. not do it. Maybe drink a little water because you're dehydrated if you've had too much to drink. But that's that's about that's about it. All lies we've been told. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast. On the free Bob and Sherry app. Ford Motors, the car company, has filed Mm -hmm. an application for a patent. And um, I'm going to tell you what the patent says. And there's no word yet on when this would actually come to market. Okay. They're just now applying for the patent. Okay. It is a, the patent application is called Systems and Methods to Repossess a Vehicle Patent Application. And what it is, is it's software that's installed inside the car. And if you miss your car payment, um, the car will punish you. It'll start by disabling your automatic windows, your radio, your cruise control, and your air conditioning, letting you know that you've missed a payment. Then a loud and unpleasant sound would play every single time you get into the car. And ultimately, if you miss, I don't, and it doesn't say how many payments, but if you miss enough, that you'll be locked out of the vehicle. The vehicle will shut itself down, and you will not be able to use the car. What well, there's nothing that this? makes the car uh, more dangerous. So uh, obviously, they couldn't get away with that. Uh, what do, What do you think? I mean, if you you got to pay for your car, you do have to pay for your car, and they they must be having a uh, a lot of problems with people sniffing them. Uh, look, what do I think about this? I think that this feels like Skynet. <laughs> I think this feels like the world of the Terminator. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel, I feel, I hear, I come, I completely agree. You got to make your car payment. You know, I, I'm not disputing that. Um, but there's something a little bit creepy about the there car is. doing yeah. it. I mean, what do you think, Max? Like, is this not a little bit unsettling? I don't like it. I don't like it. I really, I really don't. I understand they have to do something, but I don't. It just seems so invasive. It is invasive, but if you've said invasive these days, and it's just one more thing. Uh, But if if you're the car company or you're the loan company or whoever it is, and very often it's the dealership that is, you know, doing the loan. Um, and you've sent three, you know, notices and, uh, you know, the, the car is being hidden so that nobody can go over there and, and uh, collect it or whatever. I guess they would say we have to do something I'm, and this would be it. I'm going to tell you the next stage of what this patent says. Um, if you really boner the car payment situation and now it's repo time. These, this patent is intended for vehicles that are what they call, quote, semi-autonomous, meaning it can be self-driving up to a point. So if this patent goes through and this technology goes through, um, the car will drive itself to a dealership or a salvage yard. Wow. And you'll wake up. 
and your car will be gone and it will have taken itself to a salvage yard or a dealership. I can and, see that actually happening. I, it, it would make me nervous though. Suppose I was driving the car and uh, it's well, going someplace my, I don't want to go. Other people that have seen this news have um, had many things to say about it on social media. My personal favorite was the person who posted it. Cue the endless procession of ring doorbell videos showing four products bursting through garage doors. <laughs> so I, I think they, they'll be able yeah. to do it. Yeah, they'll be able to do it. The, the most interesting part of this, of course, is driving to driving back to the dealership or driving to a junkyard. I don't know. I mean, can you imagine what your reaction might be? Um, if you, if you glanced out the window and you saw your neighbor's Ford backing slowly out and heading away, you would know, oh, oh man, Dave and Michelle have not kept up their payments. I, I don't know. I'm not disputing Ford's right to get paid for their cars. I'm just saying this has a real Skynet, you know, I'll be back kind of a vibe to it. That makes it me does. a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. That's true. So. Brave new world, everybody. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. If you have the Bob and Sherry app, there's a tiny microphone in the lower left corner. Tap it and you can talk back to the show. And you may hear yourself on the show or on an oddcast. And it's totally free. iTunes and Google Play it is a very good app. And it makes listening to the podcast and oddcast super easy because it auto loads it for you. Now, we... We must speak to Carol, Bob, because she paid a visit to a nudist camp, and that's not something we get to hear about every day. Hi, Carol. Hi, Bob. I really <laughs> admire somebody with such self-confidence with their body as you have. Well, let me, let me set the scene here. It's in August. It's at our village yard sale. I'm trying to sell a car. Uh-huh. These two guys come up to me. They look at my car, and we take the test drive, and they say, okay, we'll buy it. So one of the guys says, would you mind going down the road and dropping us off because we don't have plates. We want to use your plates to get to our place. So, you know, I don't know these guys. <laughs> but I said, all right. So as we're getting into their vehicle, or my vehicle, uh, one of them says to me, oh, it's at the nudist camp. <laughs> huh. So I said, Okay. Because <laughs> you didn't want to offend them because you're a nice person. All right. So, well, not only that, they were buying my vehicle, you Right. Know? Exactly. Exactly. All right. So you're driving it down to the nudist camp. What was the name yep. of the nudist camp? What was its name? Um, I don't I don't remember what the name of it is, but it's not too far from where you guys put the car in the pool. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> It's upstate New yeah. York. Okay. On that same road there? Yeah, upstate yeah, New York. You know yep. it's got sunshine yep. in the title. It's got it to. always yeah. does. Or pine. Yeah, I know. Pine and sunshine are the right. two things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've had very uh, very bad luck in that in that part of the world with water and cars. <laughs> How did your experience go? So we're, we, we get up to the gate of the place, and they have like a remote that opens up the gate that swings it open. So we yeah. drive in there right. and I'm thinking to myself, Oh, and it's about eight thirty in the morning. Thank right. God. Right. And, um, so we're driving in and there's a little pond there. There's a couple guys fishing there and, and there's a, and they're telling me about the place as we're driving in. And, um, 
oh, this is where we have picnics, and here's our volleyball area. There's always volleyball. Yes, right. (laughs) So we we go up to their RV where, where they want to take my plates off. And then they're going to drive me back to the yard sale, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, there was two guys, and then there was a woman at the RV. As soon as they went out the door, their clothes came off. The two guys in your car, you mean? Yeah. They got out of your car and stripped naked. Well, I guess that's yeah. what you do, right? I mean, that makes sense. And yeah. they said, oh, you know, it's so hot. We don't like to wear clothes. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's upstate so, New York. Go ahead. And and then they had to look around for their tools to take the plates off. And I'm thinking, okay. (laughs) And I'm just standing around waiting for them to finish. Uh And I'm thinking, I hope nobody else comes out of this RV without any clothes on. (laughs) What was the, I mean, how was the view? Seriously, Carol, you know, you got a couple of guys stripping naked in front of you. That could be a good thing. You know. The the thing was, they were like, I was in my 50s, and they were in their 50s, too. So, you know, and the two guys that I saw fishing were around the same age. So so it, it wasn't like, uh, you know, you were selling your car to Chris Pratt and Chris Pine. You were no, not. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I, I've no. got to apologize to anybody in their 50s right now. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes people can, can stay in look, shape yeah, and look pretty look good. good. So did you they're, feel they're trying to convince me to join up? I guess they have, like, um, KOA has a, a campground uh, directory. They they said, oh, we have a directory, and and that uh, tells you where the different uh, nudist camps are. I didn't know I KOA didn't had a nudist No, 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 segment. she's saying it's like KOA. <laughs> oh, it's like KOA. So, Carol, oh. did what, you know, what was your overall experience? Were you surprisingly comfortable and thought, you know? Well, no. I, no. I, I okay. was very uncomfortable. And <laughs> as I was driving in, you know, I'm trying not to be obvious. I'm kind of looking out of the corners of my eyes, but I'm not really, you know... <laughs> hey, it's an experience, all right? You were uncomfortable yeah. looking at these I mean, naked guys taking the plates off, and Sherry and I were uncomfortable looking at a $60,000 vehicle in a pool. Yeah, you know? To each their own. It happens. I will say this about your nudists. Um, what a chill, relaxed, trusting uh, subspecies, because yeah. they showed up at a yard sale right. and bought your car right there on the spot. No mechanics yep. got involved. They just they yep. trusted you. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yep. That's because they're relaxed. And I, and I saw one of the guys a couple years later, uh-huh. and uh, I said, oh, I was the one that sold you my uh, Subaru. And he, he says, oh, yeah. He said, that lasted a couple more years down in Florida. Look at that. That's where they go, that's where they go during the winter. Well, it'd be tough yeah. to be a nudist in upstate New York Very in February. Tough. Very tough. <laughs> And Those volleyball games about, are going to oh, be short. All these tours and stuff. We yeah. have we have our own bus driver, and he drives us around. And I thought to myself, okay, is the bus driver nude while he's driving you around? Or hey, man, wouldn't that be something? You're at the Shell station with a McDonald's attached to it, and that Here bus comes pulls the up. Bus. Holy cow! Yeah. That's right. Hey, Carol, <laughs> thank you so much, and you have yourself a great day in upstate New York. You hear? Okay, All thanks, right, guys. All right. And follow our motto, cars on the roads, not in the pools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You never regret that. That's right. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast. On the free Bob and Sherry app.
You know, I know the internet gets a rap for being, you know, just pornography and uh, pictures of cats and to some degree dogs. But some of the pictures that people post about cats and dogs are absolutely priceless. Uh, first time for cat and first time for dog pictures I stopped at. The first one is this cat. I wish I could show it to people. This cat has its hair up, its back up, and it its eyes are intense. It was the first time it ever saw his owner with a cap on, and it freaked him out. Absolutely <laughs> freaked him out. And the other one is a picture of a cat, and his eyes are just like saucers, and he's up against the house. The first moment that this cat ever went outside. Think about that. Think about an indoor cat that never goes outside, and all of a sudden, I think these people had a fenced-in backyard. All of a sudden, they put the cat outside just to see what it would do, and it freaked out. This happened with our cat, Charles Xavier. One of the girl's friends didn't close the front door all the way, and yeah. Charles Xavier nudged it open. He's never been outside in his life, and he went outside, and we found him standing next to our front steps, frozen with all of his fur puffed out and his eyes bugging out of his head. Just freaked out. We just picked him up and carried him back in. And he's still telling his friends about it. He's like, man, you don't want it. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want whatever is out there. It's cold. (laughs) There was no food. Yeah, yeah. And the final one I'll tell you about is this guy took his dog on his first, first boat ride. And the dog is on his hind legs Um, with his paws over the top of the boat with a great big smile on his face. That's so sweet. I love dogs on a boat. This is Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.